Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center where you will hear from people who have stories that once seemed hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Hey everyone, my name is Tatum and I'm here with Joey. Hey everybody. We are on the leadership team here at the Dream Center and today we will be talking with Petrina Matonis. Um, She is a volunteer and she's also one of our class coordinators for our Seneca location. Um, so hi, Petrina. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Great, great. Well, Petrina, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your life growing up? Well, I grew up an only child, and my parents divorced when I was two. I lived with my mom for a good bit of time, at least until I was 10. I was very lonely growing up as an only child, but my mom loved me. I had um, interactions. We moved around a lot. When I was 11, she just got to a point where she couldn't really take care of me. She had some alcohol issues that I was unaware of at the time, but she sent me to live with my dad, and that is really when my life began. Um, I was part of a big Italian family. Um, He went back to live with his sister, his mother, and other siblings that lived in the area. So I inherited three aunts and three uncles and a grandmother. And so I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, that was pretty much what I lived with. So tell me about that Italian family. (laughs) (laughs) It was loud, noisy, um, too much information, too much in your face, but never a doubt that I was loved unconditionally no matter what. Yeah, I've heard Italian families are fun. Very fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're hearing a a little bit about you, about, uh, you know, growing up. Tell us about, there's a reason I know that you, Petrina, serve. And and I know that comes from your relationship with Christ. Can you tell folks listening about how you came to know him? Mm. Um, I always was in a relationship with Christ. It just looked a little different than what I know it to be now. I was raised Catholic. We went to church every weekend, celebrated all the major holidays. And I even, as I got married and had my own family, uh, taught CCD for many years and thought I was doing the right thing and being a good person and that that was it. God made me realize there were other things going on and I, I missed a big mark. So he put people in my life at the time I was home with my, my kids. I was a stay-at-home mom. I have three children. And I was in direct sales. And three of the women that I worked with that were also in sales, they um, were all what I looked at at the time as Jesus freaks. They loved the Lord, and I just thought they were weird. I guess God knew who to place in my life because there are certain people that you relate to automatically. There are certain people that you get to know over time and value what they believe. And then there are other people you just dismiss because they're too much not like you. But this this was pretty much the same with the three women. They each became very influential in my life. Was there a point where you understood the gospel and you could see the difference? Was there an actual like, conversion moment that you can remember? Yes. We had several conversations, and one was very persistent. Um, she lived in close proximity to me, and we'd go for branch meetings, and usually she and I would drive together, and she would talk about the Lord being her best friend, and I didn't really understand that. But 
I listened, and she invited me continuously to Bible studies. And I finally was able to make that happen. And I, I went with the intent of really showing these women that there were too many questions that they probably couldn't answer. And they were doing a study on James. And every time I'd interrupt in my very outspoken Italian way, they were very gracious about answering my questions because I'd say, oh, where does it say this? And they'd open their Bible and show me. And so that really, I left that study um, a little different. It wasn't a, a conversion moment, but at that point, I knew that something was different in me. And so the same ladies invited me to um, an event that was happening in Boston, and I'm from Boston, and there was a pastor coming to speak, and he was teaching on Hebrews, and they invited us to go, and my husband and I both went. It was at a large convention center, and we listened during the conversation and his teaching on Hebrews, the image of not needing a, an intermediary between me and God was just so heart-wrenching. And it was at that moment when he did what I now know to be an altar call, I just could not stop crying, and I just felt drawn to go up and give my life to Jesus. It was just a very different thing. Book, the book of Hebrews is my favorite book of the Bible because of exactly what you just said, the idea that Christ is a sacrificial lamb, um, that he is the great high priest and the one that um, fulfilled all of God's promises and all that for so many generations um, man would try to fulfill uh, because of, you know, Mosaic law and all these different things. So, yeah, I can I can understand how that would be such a revelatory moment for you um, and how awesome that you got to I mean, that you are now in relationship with Christ. Like, that's that's so beautiful. Um, so thanks for sharing that. That's oh, wonderful. It was, it was an amazing thing in that the visual, you yeah. know, having been raised Catholic, you needed somebody, you needed a priest to go through to just be in relationship with, with the Lord. And that image of just Jesus sitting on a chair and me being able to climb up on his lap, yeah. uh, that was just overwhelming. And, you know, you said... You were introduced to, to Christ uh, by Jesus Freaks, and uh, and now I can see in my life, and, and I, can, I can see it in your life, that you have the attitude of service, and, and you love people. Uh, I've watched you as you have had, worked here and volunteered at the Dream Center, and folks come in, and you're genuinely concerned. Uh, even about my life, sometimes coming in and and you was like, "How is this?" And I'm like, "I didn't even know any. No, I didn't know anybody knew anything about that." I know that what you just spoke about, you received hope, which is what this mm. podcast is all about. For the folks that are listening, what does that word hope mean to you? Oftentimes, I think people look at their current situation as what it is. Life is where you're at and this is where you have to be and that's it. And I think when you come to know Jesus, you realize that your hope comes from him and circumstances don't define who you are. It really is um, who he says you are. And with that knowledge, when you really take that into your spirit, it just causes you to look at things very differently. And I think that was the hope that I knew no matter what circumstances were good, whether I was in a good season or one that was more challenging, that it wasn't the end that he was there beside me and that he offered me the hope. Um, so how did you get involved with the Dream Center? So you said you're from Boston. So how did you and Roman make your way down to South Carolina and how did you get involved with the Dream Center? Well, that's a long story. 
um, the short version of it was, and this you have to take this as where it is, and that's two people that were Catholics that now have a new life that they're just trying to learn about. And all of a sudden, my husband, who had worked at a company for 28 years, um, his position was being moved to California. He wasn't getting hired in Boston, and I felt in my spirit that God wanted us to move. That doesn't happen in an Italian family. Let me just say, <laughs> you're born where you are and you stay close to the family and that's that. But it was overwhelmingly apparent that we were supposed to move. And I didn't know why, but I, of course, God introduced this into my spirit. <laughs> I had to tell Roman that God wants us to move. And that didn't really go very well because we had a lot of unfinished business and a lot of practical things that needed to um, be handled first, but we everything worked out, and God was wooing us, I think, and wooing him in the way he worked out all the details. But we moved down here. We didn't have a job. We had a, a beautiful home, and we were trying to figure out what this new life looked like. And the good news was one of my friends that I worked with in business before lived in South Carolina, and she was the one that really spoke truth into my life and our life. We learned that you know, things happen for a reason, and that time was uncertain, and that's very uncomfortable when you're in a position of uncertainty, especially for a man that has been the primary breadwinner and trying to figure out how to financially support his family. But we learned how to trust, and we learned to be patient. And when my youngest daughter was going off to college, I suddenly was looking at my life as not a stay-at-home mom or a supporter of my children and husband, but, okay, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I was kind of freaking out. <laughs> I was having some moments of, you know, highs and lows. And I know that there's something for me and God moved me here. Why? And I didn't know. But the church we were a part of, the pastor's wife was very friendly with Chris. And she said, listen, I've got somebody I want you to meet. So we had coffee and I met with Chris and we, well, came to a, a meeting here at the Dream Center when it was just at the beginning. And when I tell you the beginning, we were just in the building, not even a couple of weeks. And we had this meeting and I left the meeting as the volunteer coordinator. So <laughs> it went well and I felt like I had a purpose and I knew that God had a plan. I wasn't sure what it was, but that was it. As you began that journey here at the Dream Center, how did you personally grow through serving and working and experiencing the folks who come in each and every day here, you know, um, as they, some come in with messy lives, you know, and some come in wanting to find that hope that you just said, told folks what it is. But how did you personally grow through that experience? I have a lot to say on that question. And, and so many different thoughts are coming to my mind right now. But um, two things that really stand out. And the first would be that when God plants a vision in an organization or in a, in a place, he provides the people and the means to get that vision off the ground and running. And I watched how people with so many different backgrounds and stories and lives and talents specifically were brought into the Dream Center to um, play integral roles as we started out. And very different people. And they were all united by this this vision and this belief that they were there for a reason. So that was amazing. And then as far as the people that came in, it was a huge eye-opening experience, I guess, because the people that I started to meet, 
were people that I normally would have been not in contact with in my daily life. Um, I may have been afraid. I may have been judgmental. I definitely was judgmental initially. But as I got to know people, I realized that we are not different at all. All of us are the same. The only thing that changes is the way we look on the outside or the circumstances that we are in or how we've been brought up or just where we're at. But we're all the same. We all have a story. And until you know someone and really hear their story, you you don't really realize how very alike we are. That's so true. So you were on staff. You were an employee of the Dream Center for many, many years. And now you're a volunteer. So you transitioned into that position. So why do you keep serving? And in what capacity are you <clears throat> still serving in? Well, I technically retired two years ago because I thought it was a good idea. I didn't really ask God about that. But obviously he had a different thought because right after that we had moved um, to Seneca and it was further away from the Dream Center. But the church that we became a part of was a very open church, still is a very open church that is it just embraces community and is not afraid to partner with people. And when I mentioned what I did at the Dream Center and talked to them about what we do and how we love people and the way we serve with a hand up, not a handout. It was just a great collaboration opportunity. So with the church being able to do that and open up and offer classes up in Seneca, um, I it just seemed like a natural transition for me to, to work there and help with that. I know in your time spent sitting in the office uh, and welcoming people in and smiling and, and showing people that there is hope. Can you tell me about maybe a client that came in and it's a story that, man, it just really rocked your world and, and how their lives were changed uh, and they found the hope that they need in Christ? I can think of a few different individuals, but I think what I'd really like to answer your question with is the the ladies' Bible study group is a faithful, we call them regulars, that come in all the time. When they first came in, most of them didn't know each other. They were very guarded and protective of their situations and not open to discuss much about themselves. And watching these women over the years just come in and have coffee, um, we got to know them as staff. We got to know their stories, but watching them bond with each other when one had a struggle, when one needed transportation, how somebody would step up, how they would look for someone if they weren't there. What I, what I watched happen there was just incredible. It could bring me to tears. It became what you said your church is, community. Yes, yes. A genuine community, because there are a lot of people that think they're in community because they do what's comfortable and they do what they think they should be doing. But really, I think community occurs when you are stretched beyond your comfort level. Even if it's um, subconscious, that's where you see things happen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we know what stretching at the Dream Center looks like. I feel like we're stretched all the time to step into what God is calling us to do in obedience. And that that community of women, they're still going strong and they are, they've been a part of the classes and the Bible study and all these different things for so many years, and they're continually inviting new people in. So I feel like yes. 
I, I mean, now that I'm now in the office position, I get to see that continuation in the, the foundation that's been laid many years before me. It's funny because I had, there's one young lady that has been in from the beginning and she reached out to me the other day with a text message. I hadn't talked to her in a while, a couple of months anyway. And she uh, actually, I think it was before COVID, but she reached out and said, Hey, I was thinking about you. How are you doing? And I said, Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? And, you know, we chatted for a little bit. So that's pretty cool. So it sounds like you have definitely been impacted by your time here at the Dream Center. Um, how would you just overall express how much you have changed through working and serving with the Dream Center? It's not changed in the past because it's ongoing. Honestly, every every time that you serve in whatever capacity, I think you will be exposed to different situations. And those are the, those are the experiences that cause change. They continue. They're new. I probably, I hope that if I follow um, God's leading in different ways that I will experience those changes until I take my last breath. Because no matter where we're at, even whenever you're involved with people, if you have a heart to listen and eyes to see beyond the physical and just the time that you have an opportunity to experience God in a different way and to share with people. You um, have been a, a true example of service. And I have seen that time and time again in hearing you today. So somebody might be sitting out there going, you know, I really want that in my life. I want to, I want to be able to serve. And they're sitting there going, I don't know how to get involved. What advice would you give to them to get them out and going to, to be in that community that we talked about to serve? You know, sometimes people don't know what they have to offer. And I think just getting yourself out to, you know, find an organization. I mean, the Dream Center is perfect, in my opinion, because there are so many aspects of serving that you can do that will use people's gifts and talents in an, in an easy way in terms of getting introduced over a period of time. But I think it's important to remember that as an only child growing up, it was all about me. And I realized, and I'm still learning, that it isn't about me. You know, I'm here for a reason. And oftentimes, you know, you hear teenagers say, I don't know what my purpose is, why I'm here. Well, we're here because God wanted us here for a reason. And when we take time to take the focus off ourselves and just allow ourselves to be used in situations that, you know, present themselves and being willing to do that, even though you don't know exactly what that looks like, you know, um, that's when you have um, a great experience and you are using your gifts and talents in ways that, so if you're, if you're thinking about serving and you don't know where to where, come to the dream center, just come and be the hands and feet, literally, um, that we can, um, use and you'll see where it takes you there. Are, it may start off as one thing and you may transition to something else. And for those listening, you know, there's others they may not be in or around us so they can actually come and do service, but they can find something to do wherever they are. We know that there's other dream centers and other organizations that are out there that need people to be the hands and feet as they serve the communities that they live in. Yes. I think you should really look at a lot of times people think when they're serving with their church, then, you know, that's great and we're done. But as our pastor always says, the church is not, 
in the walls on Sunday. It's what happens after you leave there. Sunday you get refreshed, but you go out and your your work starts day to day, and it could be in line at Walmart, it could be somewhere else, but there are people that are working every day in organizations to help people, and I would just say find those organizations and encourage your church to get out beyond the walls and see where the needs are in the community and help. Patrina, how has your time at the Dream Center impacted your family specifically, your children, your husband? It's It's been amazing. You know, it, it was all-consuming for a very long time. When I was here at the beginning, there was so much to do. And, you know, as you all know, it's you don't have you go in with one intention, but you realize, you know, you're there when something needs to get done, you just do it. We started, the kids got involved a little bit, my son-in-law as, as well as my husband, way back when we were putting our first thrift store, sort of. It was called Hello Gorgeous here in, in the Dream Center building. And they helped out a lot with that and sorting clothes and doing that as that all led way to the resale stores coming. My husband, when we needed to, he's a finance guy and he did the books for the Dream Center for a little bit. But all of the all of them know and they have seen, you know, they've heard probably more than they want to admit, but stories of of amazing miracles that have happened. And, you know, Jim Wilson had said something to me during a time where we were working on that room for Hello Gorgeous. And he had said, when you serve, you get to see the miracles. And it was amazing that he was right because so often in those beginning years, we had a need and miraculously the doorbell would ring and someone would come in to bring in, if it was socks and underwear that we had none of for Santa shop, somebody would come in with a truckload. If we needed um, a a paper shredder, we needed for confidential information, the doorbell rang and Seriously, God was blowing my mind. Five minutes later, we had someone ring the bell and bring in, do you have any use for this? And we're like, uh, yeah, thank you, God. You know, <laughs> Things like that happen here every single day. And, you know, some are really big and, you know, just different times that we've needed funds for a specific focus of the ministry that we didn't have. And someone would come in and say, this has been laid on my heart to give, and it would be the exact amount that we needed. So those kinds of things you don't see unless you're involved in serving and it's pretty amazing. It could be just even the, um, as we talked about the Bible study women, how they came together, just watching lives change in that way. You wouldn't see if you weren't serving. Yes. And that service is rewarded when you hear the victory bell go off in the office. Yes. You know, that somebody has succeeded and done something in their life that is cha- life changing. Yes. And, and for me personally, I've rung the bell a few times when we've had office supplies delivered, which I really happen to like a lot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I want to say that it has really been a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, thank you, Katrina, for joining us here on Stories of Hope. And uh, we're just excited to see where the Lord's going to use you in the days ahead, especially in our Seneca area and for the classes Mm -hmm. that are uh, going there. And uh, I'm hearing great things from that area. And so we're just, we're just excited. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Thanks. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on Stories of Hope. We will see you next time. And remember, one person can't do everything, but every person can do something. Thanks for joining us today for Stories of Hope. For more information about the Dream Center, visit our website at dreamcenterpc.org. 
Additional resources related to today's episode can be found in our podcast show notes.